He's blunt, but he's fair. This is Drew Berquist, former counterterrorism officer, realist, and host of This Is My Show, which starts now. What's up, people? It is Wednesday. I'm Drew Berkwist. This is my show, and I'm damn glad to be with you. We got Disco in the United Lounge coming to you today, traveling back. You know, hey, we'll take him however we get him. As long as he uh, technically directs the show, I'll, I literally will yeah. we'll take it. Uh, that's, uh, it's, and, it's, I, and I like that you I like that you finally found the, the third camera over uh, there. You found him. Hi. <laughs> um, you know, I, I can be trained. Um, not yeah. really. Um, no, so I'm excited. We got we have lots of stuff to cover. We've got stuff that we'll we'll cover today in booze and banter. We'll talk Melania in booze and banter, Fauci in booze and banter. This um this former just slut of an anchor. I don't know if she is or not, but just a a, a former CNN anchor who got arrested. Um, we'll we'll talk about that. Good stuff. But so the U.S. today, in all of its wisdom, in this administration's wisdom, announced another three. <laughs> Billion with a B dollars are going to Ukraine this week. The single largest amount yet for arms. Biden also announced that they're going to forgive some student debt, 10000 in student debt, 20000 in debt for the Pell, uh, Pell Grant recipients. All that ahead of midterm elections. Hey, Bradley, Linda, all you, all you folks coming in. Glad you're here. So he's great. At spending your hard-earned dollars, taxpayer dollars. Oh, man. <laughs> but, he, but I mean, literally, I mean, all the money he's spending. He's also spending on stuff, by the way, that no one wants. Most people agree that we shouldn't be paying for other people's loans who agreed, signed a document, a loan agreement. I just signed a loan today, by the way. When you sign one, you know what you're getting yourself into. It's not like you might get this paid off. By... No, no, no. You, you know, you're. It's a, it's a contract. Anyways, I, I, I'll get back on point here. So he's spending tons of money there on stuff that people don't want. He's also great at spending your taxpayer dollars to abandon the job that he's supposed to be doing. Now we know he's not doing. We know he's not in charge. But in on paper. The visuals that are presented, he's supposed to be that guy, right? He's supposed to be the president. Well, he's using taxpayer dollars to continue to set records. Go meet his handlers, his doctors. Go on vacation, whatever the case might be. And I say that because he got back from vacation. Jill, by the way, has a rebound case of COVID. She's got it again, tested positive for it again. But got back from his 94th day of vacation this year. Now... If you look at the calendar, it's August 24th. If it's your birthday, by the way, happy birthday. But it's August 24th, which means we're 236 days into this calendar year. You can do that math. That equates to, with 94 days of vacation, 40% of the time this year, this calendar year, 2022, 40% of 2022 Joe Biden has been outside of the Oval Office and on vacation. That is an astonishing figure, right? 40%. I wish I had 40% of my work day. Oh, yeah, I mean, if, if he was in school, he'd, he'd, he'd fail. 
because he would of fail that, because of how much he's been absent. Yeah, <laughs> unless he's sleeping with the teacher. And even then, that's like, well, you missed a lot. Like that that's that's a <laughs> 228 days total since taking office. But I mean, really, guys, think about that. For 40% thus far. And it doesn't seem like he's slowing down. We're heading into the holiday season, by the way. The fall holiday season. You think Joe Biden dresses up on Halloween? I mean, I guess he's scary. You say enough. Joe or Jill? Either one. Jill definitely does. <laughs> She's kinky. <laughs> she dresses. Have you? Are you kidding? Have you seen the dresses she wears? Our women are are brutal towards her. The, some of the dresses she wears, I mean, she just pulls down shower curtains, wraps them up. So technically, she dresses up every day. Congrats to my friend, Anna Polina. Anna Polina Luna. Sorry, I'm not used to the new name that she's running under, which is, which is her name. Uh, she won her race last night down over on the west coast of Florida. We'll take, try to take a, a congressional That's seat in awesome. the fall. So, um Good news for her. Texted last night and, and let her know how proud I was of her. And Let's try to get her on. We do need to try and get her on. She's a very busy woman right now, but we can try and get her on. But she um, she won, as did as did several other great people throughout the state. Hopefully, um, I, I didn't get the final outcomes of, of everything that happened in Oklahoma and New York, but hopefully things went well there as well. And then speaking of elections, speaking of elections, reminder that twice... I just I saw this and I wanted to show it because so reminder that twice failed political candidate Beto O'Rourke is going to square off with Texas governor incumbent Greg Abbott in November in the gubernatorial race there. And beyond his radical views that have no place anywhere, by the way, let alone Texas, we've got to, as this person pointed out, remember this, remember who Beto, Francis Beto O'Rourke really is because he's a guy with a record. And as you can see on the screen here, we'll pop it up. He was arrested. We've talked about this before, but again, this is someone running for governor. He was arrested for burglary in 95, driving while intoxicated in 98, eminent domain ethics violation complaint in 2006, illegal Twitter stock purchase in 2013, FEC charges illegal campaign contributions in 2018. The guy's just a scumbag, and he's running, and he thinks he's great, and there's people who will vote for him, and there's people who support him who think he's great too, just like there's people who think AOC's smart, that Joe Biden is kind and not a pedophile, that he's a good father, and that Hunter's just a decent guy who's been misinterpreted. But, but those people are lost. I mean, the reality is this, is Beto's not a Texas guy. In terms of his values, his beliefs, what he thinks, all of that stuff. And Beto has got a record. Now, do, do are there good people? At, some of you guys probably have a I got a record too. Uh, that's fine. It doesn't define you forever. But he consistently has a record and consistently is off point. With As where, of four years ago. Yeah, four years ago. And he's consistently off message with where, where, where voters are. I just, I just want to know, is this picture from 95 on the bottom? Because it looks like it's like a boy band. Like he's one of the singers in a boy band. Yeah. There. <laughs> I, I was going to come up with the name there. I'm not going to try. 
Um, <clears throat> but he, but he is. And and Texas, you're right. Beto's a spoiled brat. Not a strong man. Not a strong individual by any stretch of the imagination. But <clears throat> thought it was worth bringing up because I saw that today. I was like, yeah, you know, we talk about the fact that he's got this record, but no one else seems to because again, he's on their team. So we've got to push that down, tamp it down. No one talk about it. But let's talk about this. As you can uh, see on the screen, or just was on the screen, we got Booze and Banter coming up after the episode today over on Locals, DrewBurkwist.Locals.com. But for now, let's get to question of the day, which is as follows. Think hard here. Some of you, and look, if you don't eat this now or didn't eat it then, just play along. But the question is this. We all remember Quaker Oats oatmeal, right? Some of you still use Quaker Oats oatmeal. I'm not talking about the plain. You can choose plain, but you had the different flavors. You had the variety packs. You still can so the question is this. What is the best Quaker Oats oatmeal flavor? And our graphics got flavor spelled wrong. Growing up. What is the best? I wish I could say I'm the one who typed it up, but I didn't. Yeah. Well, no, it's fine. I mean, someone will be fired. Uh, but but, but <laughs> what, what is the best flavor of Quaker Oats oatmeal? Send in your responses as you do, folks. And I keep telling you guys this. We posted some awesome messages today about this and, and are so grateful for our partnership with Home Title Lock. But y'all, this is a quit claim deed to my house in Florida. A notarized forged copy of, of the deed to my house. Someone else claiming ownership of my house. As I said yesterday, and I'm not joking, it's on here, but sold to someone for $10 and I didn't even know about it. So Guys, you've got to take care of this. You've got to understand that all of these, these home titles are now online. People can get the copy of them. They can forge a signature. They can then take loans out, lines of credit out, all of this stuff. And you're not going to know until it's too late. Homeowners insurance doesn't cover it. So get on over to home title lock forward slash Drew and get yourself a free title scan. It's $100 value. All you got to do is go over there, plug your address in. You're going to get it for free. And then if you want to sign up beyond that, which we highly recommend you do, it's very cheap. But at least go get the free home title scan and check things out because this is a scary crime. We had Matthew Cox on to talk about it. It's terrifying. We're grateful for this partnership. I have a membership with them. Disco has a, We all are doing this now. So get on over there. Again, it's hometitlelock.com forward slash Drew. You can also use promo code Drew there if you land there uh, through different means. All right, let's get to these answers because I'm excited about them. I don't know why this popped into my head. I promise I didn't eat that this morning. In fact, I don't even remember what I did eat this morning. But <clears throat> Shirley says maple, Josh Boring, brown sugar, definitely maple brown sugar. Maple brown sugar, Brian. Just milk and sugar, says Susan, just putting on her toppings. Maple brown sugar, strong, strong showing for them so far. Apple cinnamon, still eat it, says Judy. Maple brown sugar, says Debbie. Lindy, maple brown sugar. Maple brown sugar, and then add pecans. Stop talking dirty, Kathy. That's just... That's next, next level. Um, steel cut or rolled oats are fine. Instant oats are garbage. No, I know they are, but but that's not that's the question. So you gotta you gotta go with the question. The texture of oatmeal puts my gut on a roll. That's a lot of information, Barb. Um, but I, but look, I appreciate all the stuff we're getting in. Honey says Dwight. I mean, so far maple brown sugar is kicking some serious ass. Because it's it's the superior 
I think it is. But so it's let's 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 talk outliers. I think that's probably my answer too. You know, you go through and you grab at the at the time. I think it was the brown color, right? And and mm-hmm. you do those and you yep. do two by the way because one you don't no no one just eats one bag of oats. But <clears throat> apples and cinnamon was pretty good. They had the kind of fake apples in there. Had a little texture to it. That one wasn't bad. You put a little half and half or cream on there, and I don't know. Well, uh, I think that one's maybe a close second. You know what? Did you ever have the peaches and cream one? No? No. It's not as good as the others. I'm just going to say that it's also not awful. It's not awful. I had it like I remember being at a friend's house growing up for a sleepover. And wake up and it's like, man, I'll, I'll I'll have some of this. Okay, all right, let's see what we got. And they had a different variety pack or whatever, and that's what was left. I was like, well, okay, fine, I'll do it. What am I supposed to do now? What am I supposed to do now? <laughs> it actually wasn't that bad. Wasn't that bad. All right, so you're, but you're definitely a strong maples and brown sugar. Oh yeah, because that's if I don't have the instant, that's what I add to it when I make it myself okay so all right susan you're making me hungry hey that's what we do with question of the day usually um okay let's let's get into let's can we talk paul pelosi for a second i mean it's my show so we're going to i'm just i, I mean, don't know why i even asked the we're, question. yeah we're along for the ride but yeah, yeah. We, we so, don't have to, i don't even have a say <laughs> so so he pled guilty to one count of driving under the influence following his his uh drunken crash that was you know months ago back in may and he didn't even show up to court. His attorney did, Amanda Bevins, entered a, a guilty plea on behalf of, of Paul, who, again, no show, didn't show up, slapped with three years of probation, and, and of course, Pelosi too good to show up to court. But as, as a consequence, and let me know if you think this is significant enough for him, who, who got into an accident, put someone else's life, multiple lives in jeopardy by, by driving, by the way, but he got a three-month impaired driver program, nine hours of court work program, and put an uh, ignition lock put on his car for a year. He was given five days of jail time uh, with credit for time served because apparently he served two days before. And then, and then they, uh, with the other stuff that he's going to do, they they're giving him credit for the other ones. Um, and then the final eight hours, I guess, are going to be in in the court's work program, which which will be served in lieu of the final day of court i didn't know there was a credit when it came to jail time yeah does does he have like a card too that gets stamped yeah exactly it's like an ice cream you (laughs) know you've had 10 cones the 11th one's free um so the court dropped his second misdemeanor charge and 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 really what i would love to know just going back for a second because i was unaware of this is what the conditions were, meaning like what it looked like, felt like, what the treatment was like for the two days that he allegedly served in jail. Again, of course, the other ones were wiped out and don't count anymore. But I would love, wouldn't you love to know the conditions? Like, do you think it was like a brutal experience? Like some other gangbangers staring him down in the cell as he gets to eat, you know, his, his three squares a day? I don't see it going that way. If he even did it. But five days. So in all, you've got some fines here. He got some fines. He has an ignition lock on. He has three years probation. He has to do some court stuff. But 
Do, do you feel like that's fair and reasonable? Because I don't. I, I Again, there has to be consequences for actions. And of course, I would want, if I had made a mistake that was similar to that, I would, I would want the Paul Pelosi sentence because it sounds pretty nice. Who wouldn't? But you or I wouldn't get that, right? It would be a lot more difficult. It would come with more expenses, more fines, greater fines. Me being in, in, in public eye for a lot of my life would probably come with more, <clears throat> more discussion. No one talks about Pelosi because, again, we're not Democrat elites. We're not Democrat elites. So <clears throat> when we deal with the issue of imbalance between in, in elites that's in peasants that's happening right now in this country, conversations and, and instances like this don't help the, converse, the, the idea, and it's not even an idea, it's reality, that, that we're talking about. We're like, hey, why do they always get away with stuff? And again, he did get some stuff handed to him. I'm not saying he got nothing. But things went pretty light considering. Considering what happened, considering what could have happened. And it just wouldn't, it wouldn't, wouldn't go that way for us. And, and again, I think one of the biggest things about this is not the, the lack. It's embarrassing to get a DUI. I know people who have gotten them. And I know they're embarrassed about it. And I know they're, they're paying a crap ton of money because of it. But, but he got stuff handed down and nothing was really, with the exception of a few places, on a widespread scale, nothing was really discussed on this like no one really cared they made it go away there's no media coverage because it's nancy pelosi's husband who by the way he and she have played the system for so long and made so much money it's ridiculous now i've had one of the um, friend of mine who's gotten one and he had that ignition lock it's a breathalyzer test <clears throat> you gotta blow in it every 15 minutes and <laughs> Just to let you know, it's a real funny thing because it's like, blow harder, hum louder, hum softer. Like it's telling, it's it's giving you directions as you're trying. To and so it's it's um it's annoying, but it's also funny when you have to watch someone else go through that. Yes, yes, good good point, Texas Panhandle Pedro. He has to go home to Nancy. That's so he did strike out there. He did strike out there, but there's good ice cream in the freezer. We know that. Which is a big deal. Who doesn't love some, some ice cream? All right, everyone smash that like button, whichever platform you're on. We appreciate you guys being here today. Continue to engage in the chat room. Make, make sure that you are uh, subscribed or following said page, whether it's being a subscriber over on Rumble. You can do that up in the upper, upper corner there. Make sure you hit that plus sign or the boxing glove over there as you engage. Uh, following the Facebook pages, there's a lot of them that are getting the feed right now. Telegram, wherever you are, make sure that you are subscribed to that page uh we're grateful again for you guys being here and then you guys if you haven't gotten emergency food you need to if you did did you get enough probably not did your friends and loved ones get some i highly highly encourage you to head on over to survivewithdrew.com we partner with my patriot supply as you well know at this point to get the audience deep discounts at the best emergency food producer on the planet and also with that comes the peace of mind that, that, that comes with knowing 
that you are prepared for the worst. Be smart. Be prepared, you guys. Head over to survivewithdrew.com. You can save $150 on your food kit. Get free shipping. Again, it's survivewithdrew.com. Guys, don't, don't get caught in a tricky situation because of this crazy world we live in, because of the food supply uh, issues that are going out there, the supply chain issues that are out there, all of that stuff. So please get on over there. Take care of things. My Patriot Supply has an entire closet in my house. I love it, Shelby. Maybe get a second closet? I don't know. Uh, it's a great way to support the show, honestly. Thank you for all of you who have. So I keep telling you that there's literally no way in hell, and I mean it, no way in hell that the White House did not know about and or have involvement in the Mar-a-Lago raid, the FBI raid on, on Trump's Mar-a-Lago residence. Well, John Solomon confirmed as much in his interview with Charlie the other day, this, this week. Take a listen to this clip. We'll talk about it. Then I want to talk about this other article that also actually comes from John Solomon's Just the News site, which has an interesting take on all of this. But, but let, first, let's listen to uh, what he says about the White House's awareness of it. Hey, they tried to jump the fence on this. The normal process would be you drop a grand jury subpoena on President Trump. He decides if he's going to comply. If he contests for executive privilege, you go to court. You let the judge work it out. The FBI decided they want to jump the fence on this. What they wanted to do was they wanted to get ahead of this and take the privilege off the table by having the current president, Joe Biden, waive the privilege for the former president, even though it covers conversations that when Trump was in president. So uh, they jumped the fence. They try to cut corners on this. What you see at this is at the ignition point of this investigation. This uh, investigation is ignited in April of this year. The Justice Department, the White House for Joe Biden, and the National Archives are all working together with the FBI. And the first decision Joe Biden makes that's consequential is, I'm gonna let the National Archives send the materials of my predecessor, Donald Trump, to the FBI to start a criminal investigation. That's the first thing he does. Then the um, uh, Justice Department and the FBI come back and say, listen, we got this problem. President Trump's probably gonna claim executive privilege over these documents. We need you to waive it. And President Biden tells his counsel, I waive it. If the National Archives feels it's okay to send it over, they can waive the privilege on my behalf and send it over. And that's what happens. Right after that process is done, what does the Justice Department do? They launch a grand jury. They then send grand jury subpoenas to the uh, president, which are executed in late May. And then there's a voluntary visit on June 3rd. And then after, even after all that, they go and they escalate to DEFCON 2 now. Now they go and they uh, execute a search warrant in uh, August. All the while, the president, former president, Donald Trump, is communicating, I want to cooperate. I have executive privilege claims I'm worried about. Can we work, have a court get involved in this? And the Justice Department, with Joe Biden's blessing, is blowing past that. You take that history. Now remember what was said on the podium of the White House the day the um, uh, raid occurred. We don't know anything about this. This is Justice Department matter. This was a White House matter, and, and the White House was involved at the ignition point where this investigation started, and they took away the former president's best legal defense, or one of his legal defenses, executive. So, <clears throat> right? I mean, it makes perfect sense. Again, there's no way that a, a, an operation, investigation, in this case, a, a you know search warrant execution on someone that high profile, former president, something that's just never been done. This is not something we routinely do in this country. There's no way in hell that it would stop at Merrick Garland in terms of the sign-off on, on who knows about this and how they do it. And, and it wouldn't have made sense even before we were so hyper-partisan and politically divided in this country. But certainly, certainly now, there's just no way in hell 
We, we play this game now where they're political opponents. We do everything and every, anything we can, including changing and or breaking the rules to make sure that we put them down. That's, that's the way that things go. But you just heard it right there. I mean, this had executive privilege had to be waived, denied by the Biden administration, saying, "No, yeah, we're going to let you, we're going to let you uh, remove that from him, take that option away from him," which thus paved the way for the Mar-a-Lago raid. So any attempts, which again, you, I shouldn't have to say this, and I think most of you, if you're in this audience, know this. But you, you, you should, Michael, I'm going to talk. I'm glad you asked that question. I'm going to talk about it in a second. But you, you should know that when, when Biden or KJP or any of these people, Ron Klain, say, we didn't know about this, like, stop it. I mean, literally, that's the most laughable lie ever. Of course you did. But now we've gone on to find out that not only did you not just know about it, you played an integral part in approving it and making it happen. And Michael's saying, I'm confused. How does Biden get to waive Trump's privileges? Well, it's a damn good question. And there's a great explanation for it. And that's why the title kind of comes in today for the episode or part of the title. You know, there's always kind of titles and subtitles. But did Obama pave the way for Trump to be raided and or indicted? And essentially, the answer is yes. And here's why. Because you had, you had, you had, under Bush, for example, you, they, 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 they put in play some, some broader, wider latitude for presidents to claim executive privilege and all of this stuff. So in the decade after September 11th, you had Bush, who signed in 2001, declared that an incumbent president couldn't overrule a former president's claims to executive privilege over documents from their tenure if the two could not come to an agreement. I.e., even if you don't like each other or don't agree on the issue, in, in this scenario, Joe Biden could not overrule executive privilege for Trump. Bush's order added extra emphasis, which said, quote, absent compelling circumstances, the incumbent president will concur in the privileged decision of the former president. So how? How did Barack change this? Well, he came in and he reversed that guidance once he got into office. Going back to, as, as, as the Just the News folks describe it, is the, the Watergate and Reagan era guidance, that the incumbent president did, in fact, have final say over past presidents and acted through the National Archivist. In making the determination referred to in subsection A of this section, the archivist shall abide by any instructions given to him by the incumbent president or his designee unless otherwise directed by a final court order. All this changed in January 20, on January 21st of 2009. It also said that the archivist shall notify the incumbent and former presidents of his determination at least 30 days prior to the disclosure of the presidential record. So Obama does that right as he gets into office. Right as he gets into office, that happens. Changes that, where now, hey, we get to make that determination. And then for whatever reason, for whatever reason, President Trump didn't change that 
and and reverse the guidance. He didn't go back to more of a Bush era guidance that gives former presidents more of a clear right to executive privilege, to claim executive privilege. It, it, it instead remained with the incumbent. Ergo, it gave the Biden administration and or Obama, if you think he's running things behind the scenes, the ability, the latitude to waive the privileges of President Trump as they pertain to January 6th, as they pertain to the FBI's raid and, and the investigation of, of Trump and the documents that are there. So that's that's the 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 very broad basic terms as to why they can step in and do this and why they did because they hate it. We know why. They hate him, they're terrified of him, they're threatened by him. So you ignore requests, the National Archives have slow rolled ignored, and then they toss it to the Biden administration who say, if you want to waive this, if you want to say that he can't use this, then then he's in the wrong. They do, and and here we are. And someone, you know, multiple people have mentioned, but someone specifically mentioned yesterday that Dershowitz thinks that Trump should still sue, Alan Dershowitz. Well, Alan, whether you like Alan Dershowitz or not is is inconsequential in this case because he said, quote, the idea that a sitting president can somehow waive the executive privilege of a previous president really wrecks the executive privilege, which is implicit in Article 2 of the Constitution. You can't have a privilege which then your political opponent can waive. So, but technically, under the guidance put in place by Obama in 2009, whether constitutional or not, it is there. It's, it's the operate, it's kind of the, the standard right now. That's what they're leaning on. Dershowitz is right from a constitutional perspective, but the Democrats don't play by the constitutional rules. They don't care about it. They haven't even read the damn thing. So this is where we are, and we talk about this this weaponized cycle of investigations and impeachments and all of this stuff and we're we're living in a a a time where this is just what's going to happen in perpetuity it's going to continue on this way claudia tenney if you follow her said the same thing specifically she said if the obama biden um excuse me if the obama biden standard is allowed to stand republicans in the future will almost certainly seek to pierce the privileges of obama and biden when they have control of Congress. I hope they do. I hope they do. If they're and 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 maybe, I don't know this, but maybe the reason Trump didn't reverse that guidance, even though it's biting him in the ass right now, maybe he didn't, because it gave him the ability to override Obama if he wanted to claim executive privilege, which by the way, there's there's plenty of reasons and plenty of scenarios where he would have wanted to do that. We never got there. But specifically, you know, she brings that up. And she says, if they're able to go and waive presidential privilege and executive privilege at this point, well, who's to say the next Republican president or presidents coming afterwards couldn't go in and go after, as you say, Fast and Furious, Hunter Biden's laptop, anything that Obama did when he was president, et cetera. To which I say exactly. And it's it's not a... What's it's not a, a, a what's to say this or that won't happen kind of a scenario anymore. It's it's a once we're in office, we are going to do this kind of a scenario. That is how politics are played now. I hope that our side, when we get power back, Lord willing, we do has the balls to do it. 
And then as we're in power, the other side will say, oh, yeah, well, when we're in power, here's what we're going to do. We're going to get you back. We're going to come after you, yada, yada, yada. And the tit for tat will continue. So this isn't ending anytime soon, but that is why that is why the title of the episode today had to do with Obama is because he put this in and, and not enough people paid attention to it back in 2009. And technically speaking, according to the, the rule of law that DC is operating by, which is not always constitutional, but according to that, they have the ability to waive Trump's rights to this. And according to that, and according to what actually happened in D.C., the Biden administration who claimed that they didn't know about this, in fact, lied to the American people blatantly again because they had to sign off on this for this to even happen. Lindy, have a great day. So it's interesting times. Interesting times for sure. And I just don't see it stopping. I, I'm not saying that, that Trump's going to lose out on this. I, I hope and pray that there is justice there. But that that's that's how these guys are playing. That's what they're playing with. They've got that card. Nope, see, we can, we can waive whatever he says is executive privilege and take those rights away from him. And in fact, we're going to do that. In fact, we have done that. And in fact, now we're going to do anything and everything we can to get him slapped with serious criminal charges, indict him, and prevent him from ever running for and or holding office in this country again. That's where we are. So speaking of taking power back in the tit-for-tat stuff, which isn't going anywhere. You've got Soros and others, Democrats across the world, but certainly the big, you know, big daddy Warbucks, Soros, who are now scared and giving lots of money. We're talking billionaire chunks of money to help ensure that the Democrats don't lose the Senate, something that they, by all counts, might not at this point. They might not. You got Biden and others trying to encourage people like, hey, we're going to be okay. Let's, you know, someone pay off their student loans. Maybe that'll help. Let's raid Mar-a-Lago and spin people up about how bad conservatives are. Everyone's a domestic extremist. Maybe that will help. But deep down, the Democrats and their funders know that they're in trouble. They know that people are sick of what is going on. They know that they're sick of the progressive mindset that's being shoved down upon us. They're sick of the cost at the, at the gas pump, the grocery store. That whole build back better thing, yeah, it didn't work. Didn't work at all. That whole if you get if you make less than four hundred thousand a year you won't pay an extra uh, penny in taxes that didn't happen at all it was the biggest lie of the century and not only are, were you taxed more but you were also hit with with life inflation and all of that well again we're in a recession right now no one wants to talk about it but we're in a damn recession people and the the media in the United States of America won't even talk about it so scared of all this though. Scared of the pulse of the American people, you've got Soros and his billionaire friends who are flooding a super PAC with millions of dollars. And that PAC is aligned with Chuck Schumer. Chuck Schumer, 
So according to reports, the massive donations are in hopes of, of securing the Senate, keeping some power come November. And you had Soros who dumped two and a half million into it. And, and some of his other friends who, who have dumped even more into it. But they're putting all of these, these funds into this. <clears throat> Doing anything and everything they can. And they're playing. They're playing with big dollars. Big dollars. Because they know what's coming if they lose. It's kind of like we talked about. We're going to talk about Fauci again in Booze and Banter today. But it's kind of like. Fauci, why is he retiring in December? He said it was going to be the end of this presidential term. Why December? Well, I think it's because he's concerned. He's scared to death. Scared to death that Republicans are going to take power and investigations are going to start. Are we going to be able to get anything and everything done without having the White House? No. But are we going to be able to get some other stuff done if we control the House and or the Senate? Yes, we will. So these guys are terrified. They're dumping a absolute crap ton crap ton into all of this and this one screen over here froze and, and it's having technical issues on my end but but <clears throat> they're terrified of what is coming with this soros by the way 91 not going to make it he, he might not have many more elections left in him but they're dumping all this in working with schumer we're talking tens of millions have been put into this so they've got their coffers pretty well set for november to push back and try and keep the Senate. And it's going to be critical for their sake that they do, critical for our sake that they don't. Now, can we still get some stuff done if we get the House? Can we get some investigations and some other stuff going? Yes, but not as fully. And we can't make this as lame duck of a presidency as we could if we don't win both. My concerns are that we're not going to... Thank you, Mark. Have a great day. My concerns are that we're not going to get the Senate. It's close. Again, we talked yesterday, Marco Rubio, who's not my favorite, not a lot of people's favorite, but he's better than Val Demings. There's a lot of people predicting now that he's going to lose that seat here in Florida, in the red state of Florida. So we've got work to do there, and we've got people with lots of money, lots of power, and lots of influence who are starting to get scared, and when they're scared and they're backed into a corner, they do desperate things. And it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. Nothing's a certainty. It's not a certainty that we're going to win the House. It looks good that we're going to win the House. It is far from a certainty that we're going to win the Senate. In fact, I still, I, I, I'd put us probably less than 50% that we, that we do win the Senate. So we've got to. We've got to make some big strides here. Okay, we'll take a couple questions from the main audience today before we head over to Booze and Banter. Again, on Booze and Banter today, we're going to be talking about Fauci, who's trying to defend himself, saying, I didn't do this. I didn't suggest lockdowns. I didn't do this. I didn't flip-flop. Yes, you did. We'll show you the clips that I'm talking about. We got two. We're going to talk about Melania, who apparently wants to be back in the White House. We'll talk about that again, the CNN chick that we're going to get into, um, all of that stuff. <clears throat> Polling in Florida was bad last night. Conservatives clearly underrepresented. Hopefully, hopefully things improve in, in November, Michael. I hope the GOP follows through, says Takako. I, I hope I say your name right, Takako, Takako. These people need to pay for all the crimes they've committed. Absolutely. But again, one, we've got to take power. And two, 
a huge, uh, maybe not majority, but a huge chunk of individuals representing the, D the, the, the GOP in D.C. are not on our side. They're not on our side. That's why I'm so concerned that nothing gets done. That's why I say if Trump gets in office again, he needs to, and it's not going to play well in the media, but guess what? Nothing is no matter what. No matter what he does, he could cure cancer, he could end world hunger, he could stop all wars, and he would still be vilified. So no matter what he does, he's going to be treated like garbage if he gets back in. But that is why, and because he's got weaklings underneath him in the Senate and the House, he needs to go scorched earth on D.C., on politicians, excuse me, on institutions, on organizations, on bureaucratic government agencies. Scorched earth is the only solution. You got nothing to lose. You're, you don't get to have another term after this anyways. So blow the shit up. Like he needs to be, and this will get taken down because it's, it's an analogy. He needs to be a freaking Al-Qaeda suicide bomber going in there to the institutions, not the country, the institutions and saying, bye-bye. Bye. That's, that's what needs to happen. But I don't think that the House and the Senate are going to do much. Do I think that they'll have a, a hearing and an investigation? Yes. Do I think it will go anywhere? No. You need someone who's, who's willing to just take their balls, drop them on a table, pardon the analogy, and say, game on, let's go. I'm not taking no for an answer. We're, 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 we're changing things in ways that have never been changed before. Exactly right. A political Moab. That's what has to happen. And honestly, anything less than that, here's the cycle that happens. Then we lose again. Maybe we get 2024, but then eventually we do lose again. They will figure out a way to get back in power. And things will, we've seen so much change in the last two years. Things will only get worse. Things will only get worse. So we have to just rip the son of a bitch up right now. And it's not going to be easy and it's not going to come with, with ripple effects and other unintended consequences. But it's that or succumb to the plan that the radical left has for this country. Crazy times. It's crazy times we live in. Yes, all three-letter agencies gone, sadly. And again, I've worked with some. There's, a, there's good people at a lot of those places. But the institutions as a whole, their leadership are so broken beyond repair because of them. Only once. And someone said, uh, Michael said, the only reason I want Trump over DeSantis is because I can trust he will start day one firing unelected bureaucrats. I, I think that's true. You know, again, there wasn't a lot of pushback to it last time, but I think that there would be this time because of how much he got screwed by all of it and how much he continues to get screwed by it. But I will say this. Whoever promises out of the two, I want to hear it. I want to hear it, and I want to, I want to know it with conviction, and I want to hear that even if my GOP colleagues don't support it, we are doing it. Like, I want to be like, if I have to go John Rambo and do this shit on my own, I will do it. I would like to do it together, but come hell or high water, we are going to break this bitch up. That should be the campaign slogan. Break this bitch up. We'll start. I'll get Shafi printing T-shirts. We'll get the team going with merchandise. It'll be great. But whoever says that, 
and shows that they're going to execute it, I'm in. I'm in. All right. <clears throat> it's that time, folks. We've got one more full show this week. Tomorrow it'll be on Rumble. It'll be on the Facebook pages. It'll be on you know Telegram, all sorts of different spots. But we got one more full episode. We got Booze and Banter today and tomorrow, which is right after the show. It'll be, you know, five or so minutes from now over on Locals. That's DrewBerquist.locals.com. We greatly appreciate everyone being here today, today, everyone engaging today. Continue to share, continue to chat and hang out if you want. Uh, but we're going to head on over to Locals. We appreciate you spending time with us. Share, share, share away before you leave. Make sure you hit that like button on the way out if you haven't. Be safe, be smart, be free. You've just heard Drew Berquist. Tune in weekdays on every major podcast provider or on DrewBerquist.com.